Even if God's nothing but a dream I'll close my eyes and wish to fall asleep To find myself in a forest made of clouds Where I can rest my weary soul somehow Wash my soul in the monsoon summer rains Like Jesus and John did before we came I'll build a boat like Noah for the storm And watch the desert of my life transform Crossing the river Jordan Crossing the river Jordan Crossing the river Jordan Crossing the river Jordan everyone. Welcome to the Deep Water Initiatives Religion and Ecology podcast. Today I'm joined by Dr. Ken Otter, an associate professor in the Masters of Arts in Leadership at St. Mary's College in Moraga, California. He's also the co-director of the Leadership Center at the same university. He's taught over 150 classes at the university level and has more than 25 years experience teaching, studying, and developing cutting-edge programs in transformative learning and leadership. I'm very pleased to have you here today, Ken. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I, I appreciate your time. How are you doing? Uh, very well. Uh, I'm happy to talk to you. Anybody who wants to talk to me about surfing and leadership, I'm I'm there. So <laughs> I really I really appreciate the invitation. Well, thank you so much. We're going to dive right in. Hopefully, I have a few water or surfing related metaphors, but sure. but want to dig right into your work want to talk about surfing, want to talk about leadership, and maybe surfing as an aquatic nature religion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So in your work, you've been really open about the fact that you've been a lifelong surfer and that it's been mm-hmm. something really close to your heart. Have you always seen the connection between surfing and leadership? Uh, not, not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it started when, probably in the uh, late 80s, when I was working as a family counselor. And I was working with multifamily groups. So in a group, there would be three, four, five, six, seven families. And um, somebody asked me, I had a real knack for this. It was a very complex way of doing family therapy. And I had a real knack for it. And they would say to me, man, you're really laid back. But when you, um, when you jump in, you seem to always jump in at just at the right moment with just the right kind of intervention. How, where did you learn that? And I'm fairly new. I'm, you know, just barely, you know, just over probably 32 at the time. And I thought and I thought and I thought, and I, you know what? I think from surfing. So that was my, and that's not what they expected to hear. They expected me to talk about some kind of training I did. But I'm like, you know what? In surfing, you just, there's a lot of waiting and you're, you're really waiting for the energy to build up. And then you act, you know, quickly and precisely and you find a flow. And so I basically found that, my, my professional work as a counselor at that time, and especially working with groups where there's a lot of 
complexity and you can't track everything in any kind of conscious way. Coming from an embodied felt sense, an intuitive sense of, hey, let's, you know, sensing the energy build up and then jumping in and right where it's starting to peak, so to speak, and to kind of follow a line and then get off or, you know, let it, you know, the way broke, so to speak. And so, um, and then it dissipates and then you kind of paddle back out and kind of wait for the energy to build up again. And I, I never did much with it back then, but as I moved into um, later in my life where I became really uh, obsessed with surfing again, like in my early 40s, I was totally into surfing as if I was 14. And yet here I was an adult with adult responsibilities, with a child, a family, you know, full-time work. And I was like, oh no, how am I going to reconcile this quest to be an adult with a full engaged life and to be a surfer and it seemed very opposed to each other uh, so I entered into a very intentional inquiry about you know how do I reconcile you know I even wrote a, a little paper on um, uh, until death do us part I titled it you know the marriage between surfing and adulthood and it was then that I started to link up my work with you know being of service and some kind of change work and what I had, kind of the insight that I had, you know, a few years back when I was asked about uh, how I was, you know, how I managed the family counseling work. And so I started to really see that, wow, surfing has taught me things and shaped me in such a way that's manifesting not just in my lifestyle, but in complex uh, sort of field of, of energies. And you're through an embodied felt sense, you're kind of making your way. You're, you're, much of your time surfing is open receptivity. And then when you see a certain meaningful pattern of energy called a rideable wave, you organize your energy in a very specific, you know, your, your body, your board, and you very, very precisely, and you find this sort of flow. And that to me really linked up with leadership. So then I thought, wow, I, I could, I realized that in reflecting on my surfing experiences, which is what I did, for some years is that I was learning about how to be a better person on shore, not just in the water, and how to be more effective in the work that I was doing. So I never saw the connection, but I discovered the connection, um, you know, first in my 30s and then into the 40s. And then I've been working with it ever since. Well, it's certainly a case where at least hearing, hearing this progression that I would like to say it's a matter of really settling in and you had you had this passion in life you had this passion for surfing and it's a lot more than sort of trying to reconcile two things like your work and then this passion you have outside of work and it's really something that like you said you en you entered into it with this really uh, in a personal inquiry to Ooh. to try and get this to grow and and but how did it end up transitioning into your academic work at what point did you say i really want to take this and change uh change my life and and enter into academia well i think for me um i i've always been sensitive to and um curious about reconciling seemingly dichotomous <laughs> pathways or phenomena like art and science or inner and outer or personal work and social change, um, life in the water, life on shore. 
I've always been oriented to sensing seemingly dualisms that are actually complementary or they can inform each other. So um, the fact that I needed time and energy to surf and I needed time and energy to um, do my life, including my academic scholarship, those were the same, you know, they drew from the same um, source. And so I couldn't pick one over the other. I had to marry the two in some way. And what I, 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 you know, back up a little bit before I get to the academic part. I just remember one time um, I learned that, you know, I had a young daughter and I went surfing and she wanted me to stay home and I went surfing and I get to the beach and I realized, oh, I'm going to go back home and um, hang out with my daughter because that's really important. And, you know, the waves will be another day. And I remember writing in my journal that that was one of the best rides of my life, my best surf sessions of my life and had nothing. I never got wet. And so I started really see that, um, that allowing myself to feel the loss of one thing kept my heart open so that I can pursue something else. So numbers of waves, numbers of sessions, spending a lot of time in the water was not the point. The point was to ride waves literally and metaphorically well. And so uh, I, that was really helpful in terms of reconciling, you know, demands. And, and so it really did inform me going forward that, you know, if I need to write my dissertation, it took me a long time to do it, um, you know, I'm going to have to let go of something that really matters to me. Not because this, you know, I feel required to, but because writing the dissertation matters to me too. So that surfing in adult life, uh, academic life, is a matter of writing your priorities and not setting them up against each other, but just realizing like this wave, so to speak, is one that I'm going to ride and not that one. It doesn't mean that I'm not doing what's important. It just means that I'm choosing, you know, I'm discerning what's the most meaningful way to engage and, you know, invest my attention and energy. So it really helped. Well, well, beautiful, beautiful. I, I think this is a really good segue maybe in, into hopping into thinking about leadership and yeah. and how surfing is an activity that can maybe help to teach us how to think metaphorically. So what is good leadership is is mo is a lot of I mean, the, what you're walking me through here. I mean, I'm I'm just hearing when you're when you're talking about reconciling two disciplines, mm -hmm. living with these two dichotomous things when we're looking at living an integral life sort of combi combining a lot of these things holistically mm -hmm. how much does metaphor play a role in in leadership and 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 what is good leadership well to me metaphor is always a way of kind of it, there's an embodied you know imaginative dimension to metaphor and metaphor is always bridging. It takes something that we might be familiar and ha even have a n name for in one context and extending it into another to give us some possibilities about how to be in that or how to understand that new context. So <laughs> one of the things is, is that um, in my experience of practice of leadership, I've done, had been in a lot of sort of roles and opportunities to, you know, in my definition of leadership, uh, making meaningful, or, you know, fostering meaningful systems change, um, is that I am often over my head. 
I'm in over my head. And there's a book by Robert Keegan of that title. And what that book talks about is that how the life curriculum stretches us. And it, it, it presents us with things that we don't have the heart and mind, you know, the complexity of heart and mind to adequately navigate. But here we, here we are. So leadership is always being in over our heads because we're always working at the edges of what we know and what we're capable of and, and moving into something that's aspirational, that you know, makes things better. And so we're always in over our head. Well, if you go surfing and it's overhead, <laughs> for most people, overhead waves, meaning you know, six, uh, the face of the wave is six, you know, whatever, 20 feet above, that starts to, um, can trigger fear. It can trigger uh, a kind of a, uh, a regression, so to speak. So fear overrides, like in my case, when I would surf big waves, I don't do it so much anymore at my age, but when I'd surf big waves, my ability was greater than my understanding of my ability when I'm afraid. So I was always working the edge of my uh, perceived capability. And when I would go for it, I'd find out that, you know, I would make more waves than not, surf them better than I would imagine, because um, my, my fear was reducing my ability. So, so for me, this idea of leadership, when you're in that, you're going you're gonna to be limited in your, I think, people's ability to imagine possibilities sometimes when you're in over your head. And that surfing helps kind of um, navigate that. Um, uh, and, and it's a great practice. So I'd literally like, you know, if I could surf today, I would, I have one of the biggest parts of a, a huge part of my career, like a pinnacle of my career is coming up next week where I'm doing some team coaching with top level lead, you know, leaders in an organization. We've been working on this thing for a couple years. It's finally happening. So much is riding on this and I'm a little fearful. I'm a, you know, it's a big piece of responsibility. It's going to stretch me. It's going to stretch us all. And yet I have a responsibility to help people navigate through a very sort of complex uh, leadership coaching um, experiences. If I would go surfing now, I would be practicing this working an edge uh, um, and, 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 and embodying it and learning to, you know, ride waves and and, and kind of work my edges a little bit as a way of tuning up and what and getting into my body what it feels like to quote be in over my head and to be find some success in it even if it's a lot of trial and error even if I fall a lot the fact that I'm in engaging that energy is a, a kind of an embodied um, knowledge uh, reservoir um, that I can then apply to this experience because it's something I can count on and so that's kind of the way I, I'm, I'm using that word metaphorically because I'm extending something in one context and getting some uh, facility with it. I wouldn't say comfort, but some facility with it so that when I'm in another context on shore coming up next week, I can um, draw upon that uh, resource. Now, is this work that you're doing with Wisdom in the Waves? No, it's not. It's actually one of my... Uh, kind of coaching consulting jobs and working for a healthcare company, helping them grow into more collaborative capacity um, as a leadership as leadership teams. And so we're doing team coaching and teaching and individual coaching. It's a year long program, helping them become more adaptive 
uh, to a very changing dynamic environment, which is healthcare. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's the work I do within the master's program that I uh, help uh, lead at St. Mary's College, as well as the outside work that I do. Um, and it's, you know, people need to adaptively attune to their dynamic, complex environments as people stewarding organizations. Well, that's what you do surfing. You're adaptively attuning to a very complex, dynamic world. And uh, there's some crossover there. Um, and is this something that is happening in the Bay Area or are you trying? Yeah, it's, okay. yeah no, it's, it's in the Bay Area. Okay. So, yeah, so I do, you know, I do leadership development work, you know, working with organizations, mostly leadership teams to become more adaptive, collaborative, you know, and fundamentally more complex, uh, embodied, integral human beings because, you know, leadership development is human development. And as we get into these, you know, we get in over our heads with these systems, we need to grow ourselves to uh, have the sort of requisite uh, capacities to, quote, surf this, uh, this, this dynamic, complex field we're in. Right. So I'd, I'd like to maybe build on, on this idea of fear and, and mm-hmm. uh, sort of this metaphor of, of playing with the edge and uh, the overhead and, and maybe just this idea of maybe mystery in our life, yeah. how we mm-hmm. can sort of embolden the human being to embrace mystery and I, I want to bring in Bron Taylor because he's been someone, at least in, in the field of religion and ecology, who has written on surfing, who's written on aquatic nature religions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What, what do you think of his work? And I bring him up because, and you can maybe correct me if, if I'm wrong, you may be more, more familiar with, with the intricacies and, of, of his work, but my impression is, at least what he's written about, maybe in Dark Green Religion and, and he's brought in in his other work, is that essentially traditional religions the have in essence failed us and Mm -hmm. i'm just wondering how you feel about surfing whether or not we can get all we need from surfing whether we can organize our life around ritual and there's an ecological component to surfing i mean you're Mm -hmm. you're up with the sunrise you're you're paying attention to the weather Mm -hmm. all of these things it's it's an incredibly comprehensively holistic activity more so than you can maybe make the argument than a lot of of other activities in life yeah mm-hmm. so what do you think about bron taylor and his work and his take maybe on aquatic nature religion and and just surfing as a spiritual exercise yeah well it's an i have a lot of thoughts about this um for me i do think uh surfing is part of my sort of quote spiritual practice it's a way that you know, I immerse myself in, in the living rhythms of the earth and cosmos. Uh, it's a participatory practice and, and, and um, way to connect to wild nature, especially where I live in Point Reyes and surfing out here. Um, so I see all of that possibility, but I also know that that's possibility that, that one can find that in other ways of, of being in nature or in other practices. So there's nothing, there's something very conducive to surfing because of its immersive you know you're in the you're just kind of embedded in beauty and and you're full of awe if you have the mind for it but i also been out surfing where i'm obsessed about you know bills or thinking about other things or competitive with people especially in crowded places i used to surf a lot in the city um 
you know, grow up in Southern California, surf down there. I mean, I could, I could become as non-spiritual and as competitive and small-minded as, as anybody in the surf experience. And it's kind of a mind-blowing thing to do that. You see people really bad behavior. Like I surf Santa Cruz off and on. I just see such horrible behavior in this beautiful art form of surfing. And I'm like, how does, how do you, how do you, how can you do that? But I know you can do that. So I guess what I want to say is that the mind we have and the heart and mind that we have is the heart and mind we take into surfing. And because it's so in, immersive and so intense and so sensor, sensorially rich, sensuous, I guess is the best way to say it, it's very hard to kind of become, stay an asshole, so to speak, <laughs> um, and to stay limited and close-minded and, and egotistical. But many surfers are. But that's who they are anyway. Um, so while surfing can open people up to different possibilities, which I think it does, you can not grow those possibilities if your life on land and the way you, you know, raised yourself and what you continue to pay attention to keeps your mind small and limited and dissociated from the rest of nature and other people. You can still do that and be a surfer. So I take a little bit of, I have a little bit of a problem of, of putting too much into surfing. I say it's possible. I think that's its origin from Polynesia, Hawaii. But it means that you have to cultivate who you are on land. And this is actually what gave rise to wisdom in the waves. What we do on land informs what, what we uh, receive in, the, in, the, in surfing. And what we get in surfing can inform uh, what we receive in surfing can inform how we show up on land. So wisdom in the wave is about this interplay of moving out in the water and onto shore. Because if you think about it, what you're doing when you're riding waves, you're riding the transformation of cosmic earth energy as it dies and gets born again. Because these energies that are called waves come from an event thousands of miles away sometimes, a week away, you know, some storm event. They're coming to different beaches in different waves, showing up in different waves. Like here in Point Reyes, gigantic on one side, go across five minutes, seven minutes on the other side to the Drake side, the south-facing side. It's two feet, three feet. So it's you can see the same wave energy showing up on different shores in different ways. And there's something beautiful about uh, attuning to that. Um, and so you're riding this incredibly transformative mystery <laughs> that has its own particular their expressions. And if you do your work prior to paddling out, you can line up to that and really appreciate it. And then it can become a spiritual experience. But if you don't have that mind walk, paddling out, you're not going to have it while you're out there. So this is the issue I have with him and others is that they're not talking about the, 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 the foundation or the preparation or the kind of person and what they're cultivating and how they're relating to the surfing experience. To me, and this is where adult development comes in, the kind of mind you have that is capable of seeing the possibilities is something that needs to be cultivated, and it can't only be cultivated in the water. It has to be cultivated on the land as well. And then who cares if you're a spiritual being out in the water? To me, it matters what you, you know, we live our lives on the land. And so if that surfing experience can't get translated onto life on shore, into the work and life and the service you do, then I think that the gift-giving nature of waves stops at the shore when you, you know, pick up your board and start walking back to your car or wherever, however you get there. So this is where wisdom in the waves came in, is how 
we continue the stoke, so to speak, and the gift that nature is giving us in the immersion and that beauty, how do we extend that into the different, not just being happy in our day, but how it shows up in the work that we do and the structures that we create and the relations that we have. And that, that's what I'm interested in. To me, then it becomes a spiritual practice. But until we broaden it out uh, than just the experience itself, I don't think it's a, a religion. Well, it certainly makes me think about the analogy that you hear yogis using a lot too. It's it's sort of like going and working it out on the mat and then mm-hmm. and then extending that Absolutely. into working That's it right. out off the mat. And right. both of these play with each other in and out of the water. That's right. And I just loved hearing you talk about this cosmic element to surfing. I mean, there's something mm-hmm. so incredible about the fact that the sun is making this energy and it's making its way to, to earth and it's creating wind patterns and yep. it's pushing water around and then we're riding this wave and and the belief that the energy just then stops when the wave ends it's like we are become stewards of this energy in a sense that we have to yeah. then we have the responsibility to continue the stoke and yeah. to to extend that into mm-hmm. the world yeah and and with that i mean maybe this is this is irrelevant or or not but but i would like to get your your take on contemporary surf culture i mean is the is the wsl are it's really hard because you have this you're pinning what we're talking about with a commercial element but i'm just wondering how you feel are they living up to what they need to, as far as perpetuating a good message, perpetuating all no. of these messages <laughs> that you're talking about. No. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. So I don't see any, any, uh, formalized, you know, maybe, you know, the, uh, Surfrider foundation and there's some cool, really cool things. Wave maker collective that's happening, you know, from the woman, I forgot her name in, in Ireland. So there's some really cool things that are happening where people are taking the surfing work and stoke into taking care of environmental things, uh, you know, issues and cultural issues and different, like in um, some of the surf camps and the effect that that's having on the cultures of Fiji or, or Indonesia. And I think that's, I think it has a lot, there's a, cause, but those people would be doing that if they were surfing or, or not, I think. <laughs> uh, um, and, and so I'm, I'm not seeing any, any of the big kind of corporations that are working, you know, in the surfing world, taking on anything but supporting their own agenda. And this is what I see in all corp, you know, corporations. And, you know, they're, they're, they're focused on their narrow mission and not the bigger mission of improving society. And I don't see most of those surfing entities doing much more than that. I think it can and it should. And, I, and, 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 and in some ways, it's what I'm trying to kind of contribute is to say, hey, this is about making things better. I mean, we're privileged to surf. It's a beautiful gift. We, you know, it's, I feel like, you know, we've been given fire or something, something that we're able to enter into the heart of life in such a intoxicating way. And we have, we have the responsibility to, to gift our world with what we've been given. And I just don't see that in surf culture. I see that with people at different times, but I don't think surf culture is any more enlightened than any other, you know, than you know, bike culture, or um, I just I, I just don't see it, and and I do think um, there's a potential there, and I think there's it's growing in that direction, um, but surf culture itself, 
I think kind of went awry in the 80s and 90s when it became a commercial thing. And surfers then created clothing companies and wetsuit companies and big money came in. I think it started to work in service of the money interest and the rather than in the stoke of writing interests. You know, prior to the 70s, 80s, people were innovating in surfing to contribute to the stoke of surfing, not to making money and making, you know, having power. Just, you know, while it was trying to do that, much of surfing was for the sake of surfing. After the 80s, much of, a lot of professional surfing was for the sake of professional surfing. And um, it, I think it's very limited. But I don't think that that has to be that way. And I think there's, ton, you know, I don't know, tens of millions of surfers around the world. And so, of course, there's a lot more innovation going on in, in, in taking the pure you know, essence of surfing and trying to extend it into, you know, uh, making our world better. And to bring the gift of the Polynesians of, of this connection with, with, you know, nature and, and, and the essence, you know, the, the essence of life and and be better people because of it. Um, I think that's the seed of that's the seed of, of in Polynesia, from Polynesia. It's like this is a divine engagement, um, and you're privileged and honored, and you have a responsibility with that privilege and honor. And that's that's the ethos I take uh, uh, from surfing, and that's what I'm trying to do with wisdom in the waves, is um, make our world better as a result of our surfing. Experience, whether you're, you're brand new to it or you've been doing it as long as I have, which is like 50 years, 52. <laughs> well, so. certainly, hopefully with the work you're doing and it's just about planting the seed, like you said, and and getting these messages out there because mm -hmm, it's, mm -hmm. it's such important work. And, and we can maybe hope that one day contemporary surf culture and, and the WSL, maybe they'll start to shift their message sure. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. So in closing, Ken, yeah. there's really three things I want to ask you, whether it's okay if we've, we've talked about this or not, sure. but I'd like for you to, to highlight three important aspects of surfing that contribute to the development of leadership intelligence. And just it, like I said, it's okay if, if we've touched okay. on these points already, but really in, in some, if there were, if there were three things, what's, what's your elevator speech on, on surfing okay. and leadership? Well, I think it, it, you know, it can't be everything. It can't, um, Leadership can't say everything about leadership, but it does cultivate, I like the word leadership intelligence, because I think one thing is, is that surfing and leadership is both a, part a lived participatory philosophy. You, you, when you're practicing leadership, you're in service of a context that you're embedded in. Uh, you, you know, so you're both embedded in something where you have a deep empathic connection to, as well as an understanding of what might be, what wants to come, what's at the edges of what of a, an emerging situation. So leadership and surfing is an enacted, lived, participatory philosophy in action. Um, the second is, is that there's a proper relationship between listening and acting, or open, receptive awareness and focused action. Much of surfing, if you add it up, how many times you're riding waves and what you're actually, you know, when you paddle for and jump up and ride waves, it's a very small percentage of the total time. The rest of the time you're noticing you're, you're yielding, you're receiving, you're aware, you're tuning in, and small percentage, you're acting. Same in leadership. Really should be sensing into, feeling, receiving, listening before you take action. And then I think the third thing is that because surfing, there's so many things going on. 
every surfer is an oceanographer. Every surfer is, you know, a, a navigator. Every surfer, like you said, you know, you, you're, you're picking up, you're sensing the weather, the wind. You, you, when you're surfing, you're embodying knowledge, complex knowledge in an intuitive way, but it is earned. Trial and error, years and years and years of going to different breaks, doing stuff. You, over time, you earn this bodied knowledge. And I think leadership is that too, that through trial and error, through learning, through intentional engagement with, you know, uh, uh, figuring out stuff that you then embody a certain knowledge that you can draw on kind of in an intuitive way. So I would say those are the three things. Receptive awareness and focused actions, focus and appropriate actions, embodied knowledge of complexity, and uh, living a participatory philosophy. Beautiful, beautiful. So I'm going to include a link to Wisdom in the Waves in the description. Is there anything else you'd, you'd like to add to our listeners about what you have going on in your life? <laughs> well, uh, it's a lot. And um, this is a love of, you know, just, I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to make my, I'm trying to, you know, I'm in stage of life of integration and generativity, if you think of Erickson's uh, stages. And I'm integrating all the things. So I spent, you know, 20 plus years working in the field of leadership development. 50-something years of surfing, I'm trying to bring those things together in this way. I'm not trying to make any, you know, money on it. I want to, I'm doing a workshop, um, you know, in Spain for three days, in May 30th to June 2nd, doing one in Bali in um, October 1st through 5th. You know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, big deal. I mean, I get to hang out with folks where we get to engage in the questions that matter to us using surfing. What better, <laughs> what better thing there is, especially... You know, I love Bali. I love Spain. I've done it in France. I'll do it here in San Francisco. So I, that to me is just a way of engaging folks. It's in, it's sharing the gift that I, that this life of mine has, you know, that I've gained from it's, I've been gifted beautifully in this life. And I, you know, I'm going to gift, I'm going to gift it out. And, and so wisdom ways is really based in that. I have paid work. I teach at university. I do my consulting work. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cared for. I live in a beautiful place in Inverness. And this is this privileged platform that I have to be of service in, in the world. And I hope that, and surfing, you know, I want surfing to be, uh, I've been gifted from it. I want it to somehow serve others. And I hope for anybody that we look at where we've been gifted, all the places we've been gifted, all the privileges we have, and use that as a basis and a platform to serve uh, our world. So that, that's, that would be the thing that I want to leave this conversation with well thank you so much ken your work i mean this is it's really incredible work and very much appreciate your time thank you so much for joining us here today and 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 all the best in your future endeavors yeah well you're most welcome and thank you for this opportunity and i wish you well as well Live on honey that I find in the trees Build my bed of grass and fallen leaves So I can feel my heart close to the ground Touch the earth and pray that we don't drown 4 a.m. I rise to mean the day 
chant a song, sing to praise his name. Fill my heart, love, and taste the word that floods the sea, the sky, the stars, the world. Crossing the river, Jordan. 